0: Now we're chatting on the phone, as promised, about ADHD, uh, raising awareness of ADHD in the community. And Penny Glacebook, local resident, psychotherapist and uh, practitioner in private practice, joins us now on the phone. Welcome to the programme. Good morning.
1: Good morning,
0: Phil. Right. So after that big build up and introduction, can you explain, (laughs) first of all, what ADHD is to everybody? And uh, I guess some people won't know.
1: Um, you know, contrary to the popular belief that ADHD was first discovered in 1902 uh, by the British uh, physician Sir George Still, it actually dates back to 1798 when a Scottish physician named Sir Alexander Crichton wrote a chapter in his medical journal called Attention and Mental Restlessness. So it's not a new kid on the block. It's existed for over 200 wow, years.
0: Yeah. And was it called that then, was it?
1: restlessness so I presume that they were centering in on the hyperactivity part of ADHD but that's only one part of ADHD Um, so I'd like to dispel with the myth that ADHD is just a label for misbehaved children okay it's actually a neurodevelopmental disorder with an inherent genetic component so it runs in families Um, neurological scans show striking differences in certain cortical areas such as the prefrontal cortex, that's essential to executive functioning, uh, working memory, and inhibitory behaviours. Um, it's quantitative in nature; it's not qualitative. Um, if I can just quickly run through what that means. Yeah. It's not pathological in nature, such as bipolar disorder or manic depression. So it's not a mood disorder, even though it might look like one. Okay. Mood disorders are when you are generating abnormal or irrational emotions. ADHD is failure to inhibit normal emotions, such as anger, because their tolerance of frustration is far lower than normal individuals due to cortical cortical structural uh, abnormalities. So it's a self-regulation disorder.
0: Okay. Um,
1: Uh The first deficit to appear is inhibition a failure to develop appropriate inhibition of one's behavior. Now, this will emerge during the preschool years. The first sign is usually hyperactivity. You have an individual who is behaving too much, who is not suppressing irrelevant behavior the way that other children are able to do. So we can see this in their motor actions and typically in their verbal dexterity. There's a lot of words coming out of this individual, intrusive, and disruptive motor and verbal behavior. Now, along with that, there's the cognitive impulsiveness, the snap decision-making, this quickness to do the first thing that pops into their heads without due delay and due diligence, thinking about what the consequences will be. Then there's the restlessness, of course, not just the grace motor activity, but the seat restlessness. Now, that affects their school performance. Um, this will decline with age because by adulthood, it's an internal state. It's a feeling inwardly of a need to be busy to do multiple things. A busyness of mind, of ideas, uh, a restless quality to their cognition, uh, but not to their outward behavior. So, research has shown that hyperactivity is of no diagnostic value in adulthood. People with adult ADHD, in fact, being restless is more associated with um, anxiety disorder. Now, this is important. Emotional impulsiveness, the quickness to anger, emotionally excitable, to have low frustration tolerance, to be easily angered by things around you. So to display your emotions much more quickly than other people do.
0: Right, so what are the key um, key symptoms in a nutshell then in a list of three or four? What are the key symptoms?
1: Well, the key symptoms, uh, in actual fact, I was going to say that um, ADHD children are 11 times more likely to develop what is called oppositional defiance disorder. Um, and this is what the general public are um, are witnessing, I think, you know. Um, it's a behavioural symptom of the ADHD. Um, there, there's an onset uh, within two years of the onset of ADHD, where the child is typically showing signs of um, ADHD as young as three or four years old. It's it's a product of the inability to manage frustration, impatience, and anger. Now they are the um, these are the symptoms that most people are witnessing.
0: Right. Um, How is it diagnosed then, Penny?
1: The diagnostic process, which <laughs> um, takes a very very long time. Um, I noticed a pattern of behaviour in my son over over time. Um, this pattern emerges, um, and um, I spoke to his school about it. Is there a pattern at school? Um, yes, there is. Is there a pattern at home? Yes, there is. So we then go on to uh, the GP for a referral. Um, to, um, the CAMs, but first of all, they have to be pre-screened, um, and that is a very, very long process. It can take up to um, eighteen months.
0: Right. To so two you're years. yeah. So you're diagnosing it and then treating it. Presumably, what, what uh, sort of treatment does it involve?
1: It's a very long process, very frustrating for parents. We're hitting the ground running here. We're trying to manage our kids as best we may. Okay. Now we've got other we've got other kids to take care of. We've got jobs at work. We've got household chores and all the rest of it. So you can imagine it's very frustrating. So once you go to your GP, then you're referred onto one step in in Stevenage where they have a pre-screening process. Okay. Uh, that can take a little while, um, maybe a month or two. Um, then you get your referral letter to CAMS, the Child Adolescent Mental Health Service. Um, And this screening process includes the doorbell diagnostic online test for parents and for the child. Um, There's a lengthy waiting period for this, as I've I've mentioned before. Okay, so that's that. So how is it treated? Um, I'd just like to mention that ADHD is massively underdiagnosed and under-treated issue. Um, If it's left unchecked, it can manifest into uh, oppositional defiance. Um, which is asymptomatic of ADHD, um, so choosing to treat your child's ADHD symptoms with medication and or with natural treatments is one of the most grueling decisions a parent can make. There are the inevitable dosage adjustments, there's side effects and changing hormones, especially in teenager to consider. Uh, the primary drug treatment is still contentious amongst some parents and medical professionals because of unpleasant side effects such as sleep problems, decreased appetite, delayed growth, headaches and stomach aches, um, rebound. That is the irritability when the medication wears off and moodiness. Um, so some some parents of children, adult individuals with ADHD who are on meds, would argue that the effects of the drugs on a day-to-day coping or management basis far outweigh the side effects. Well, not
0: so what happens if we don't treat it? What's the sort of uh, implications there with the parents and the extended family, if it's undiagnosed?
1: If it's undiagnosed, um, we've got a bit of a circus going on here, because, um, yeah, so... Can I just reiterate here, ADHD is not about poor parenting um, or that the child is just badly behaved or should know the difference between right and wrong. Um, It's a bona fide neurodevelopmental or neurobiological disorder. There are differences in cortical areas in the child, okay? Okay. So parents are not just necessarily seeking a label for their child to nullify their parental responsibility. On the contrary, most parents who are living with a child with ADHD are working overtime trying to manage their child in addition to attending to other children, holding down a job of work, day-to-day household chores. Um, Relationships can become highly strained within families and within social situations because ADHD is one of the most misunderstood undiagnosed disorders. Which is ironic, because it's one of the most common disorders. Yeah, okay. Depression and and anxiety is recognised within society, so it therefore follows that ADHD should also be recognised and valued as a bona fide disorder.
0: I think that um, you've brought that to the front there for many people that might be interested in getting in touch with you. Where do we go for more information, Penny?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've, I've got a website. It's pennyglazebrookcounseling.co.uk. OK. My yeah. number is on there, my contact number.
0: Rightio, if you stay on the line, we'll make sure we've got all those details as well for anyone who missed that. And thank you very much for joining us on the programme today.
1: You're very, very welcome, Sal. Thank all you right. for having me. Thank you.
0: Penny Glazebrook there, local resident, uh, raising awareness of ADHD in the community. Thanks a lot.